Hey, it's John from CityCast. If you're in the mood to pamper yourself a little bit this week while supporting cruelty-free products, you should check out Bone Cur Home and Wellness. It's the best place in Portland to find everything from chic home decor to cannabis accessories. They've got a curated collection of vegan and cruelty-free home goods and wellness products because their name is French for kind heart, after all. You'll get a 20% discount on your first order when you sign up for emails this week at boncoeur.net. That's B-O-N-C-O-E-U-R.net. And use the code BONECURCITYCAST20. The Oregon Liquor and Cannabis Commission is under a lot of scrutiny following a scandal where some of its officials were hoarding rare bottles of liquor for themselves. So much so that their yearly budget is now under microscopic review in the legislature. Some are even calling for the complete dissolution of the organization. If you don't know, Oregon is one of only 17 states in the country where alcohol is controlled by the state government. So today on CityCast Portland, we're talking with my bartender. Yeah, my bartender, Mike Norwood. He makes a mean cocktail at the Garrison in St. John's and also has working knowledge of how the OLCC actually operates. All I know is that they license, fine, and can shut down your operation if they see fit, which is a lot of power and possibly outdated. I don't know. I mean, should Oregon ditch the OLCC? It's Thursday, March 2nd, 2023. I'm Claudia Meza, and this is what Portland's talking about. Mike, thanks so much for being on the show, getting up early from your bartender yeah. schedule to talk <laughs> with me about the OLCC. Yeah, that's what I want to do all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, can you lay out exactly how the OLCC works with liquor stores and like bars like yours? Uh, I can do my best. Let's start with the bar side, which is what I know better. We, as a private company, will purchase alcohol from the state. That's just the law. Like, everyone has to buy it from the state. Exactly. So, okay. like, if you think about how, like, you can go around to any liquor store and, like, different people own them, mm -hmm. um, those owners are actually called agents, and they are approved by the state to sell the state's alcohol. So all the money that you spend on alcohol does not go to that liquor store. It goes to the state through that liquor store. How do they make money then, the agents? Uh, the state pays them. So they receive two or three different types of payments. The first payment is a set payment that you get based off the first $10,000 of sales each month. And then the other one is more of like a commission base. So the more you sell, the more you're you make as a business. Oh, good. I, I, at first I was like, this sounds like communism and I don't understand how anybody would care to sell more liquor, but now that makes sense. <laughs> right. Gotcha. And and so bars then buy it from the liquor store since they're the agents that can sell it, or can you buy it directly from the OLCC? Our bar specifically, we buy through the liquor store. Um, you can buy through distributors who also have their connections with the state. But at the end of the day, you're buying it from the state. It just kind of depends on like how it gets to you. But as a licensed establishment, mm -hmm. uh, we get a 5% discount on liquor when we purchase it from the state. So, Mike, what do you think? Should Oregon ditch the OLCC? I knew this was coming. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, 
do I think that they are perfect? Absolutely not. Um, I 100% think they need reform. I mean, they were established in the 30s right after uh, Prohibition. Uh, mm-hmm. And so a lot of their laws, they have updated some of them, but a lot of their laws are super antiquated and need to be reevaluated for modern society. But I do think looking over overall at what the OCC provides, um, I do think that it is necessary as far as like legality and like service of alcohol to minors, to drunk drivers, those sorts of things. Um, but maybe not so much about pricing. I, it's, it's really hard to say. So you're kind of on the fence about it. A little bit. I like for me personally, as right now as a bartender, I I like the OSCC because it creates stability. It mm-hmm. I know how much things are going to cost. I know how to find things, um, mm-hmm. and I recognize that like it's a little bit of just complacency, like comfortability in where we're at because I'm used to it. Interesting. Okay, so how would it make it more difficult for small business owners? Um, to operate without the OLCC? I think it would definitely complicate things in the short term because it's learning a new system. Mm-hmm. But I do think that it would affect the cost, which is directly you know, related back to the, the customer. So if our costs go up as a bar, then your costs go up as a consumer. And I think that would probably be the biggest complaint that I would have if the OLCC wasn't regulating the price of alcohol in the state. And that's a big deal. like. I'm going to say that again. So the OLCC essentially sets the prices for how much alcohol is in the state of Oregon. Without the OLCC, it's sort of, it's more of a free market, so things can get uh, pretty jacked up in price. It can. If you look at California as an example, they still have a control commission. They have the ABC, um, but they don't regulate. It's still privatized, so they don't regulate the pricing of alcohol. They just deal with the legal side of things, I would say. So if you look at certain rare bottles, or even just not even rare, but like um, sought after bottles in general, uh, those prices can fluctuate from store to store upwards of $30, $40, $50, depending on which store you're at and what the general public is looking for. My concern for privatizing is that there'll be more incentive to raise the taxes <laughs> on alcohol. Because right now they're really low. That They're like barely passed on to us, you know? Yeah. So, so I'm like, someone takes care of it. But like it could be taxed as high as, as tobacco is taxed in the state. Um, okay, cool. We could buy it at a grocery store. But like it'll be like Washington. A lot of people from Washington, like family and friends, will specifically ask for bottles or wine or whatever because they know that it's going to be much cheaper in Oregon when I go visit. And they're just like, I'll pay you back when you come up here. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't say that. Maybe I'm like, is that trafficking? Did I just like <laughs> admit to trafficking? But uh, <laughs> uh, You and everyone else, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel lucky that we have the OLCC, you know, like because I know they're a huge reason we have so much control over price. The nice thing about the OLCC is that you can get on their website and you can look up all this information and how they function, how they price things. There's an entire PDF file on there about the price guidelines and how they how they determine the price of a bottle and the markup of a bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is accessible to that regard. So that is one of the nice things as far as a governmental agency goes, that they're relatively transparent. Let's say relatively transparent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, let's take a break here. And when we come back, let's talk about uh, how the average consumer might be able to benefit from the OLCC.
Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So let's continue talking more about uh, the general consumer and the benefits the OLCC provides them. You just brought up this website. Right. Um, I mean, OLCC has a governmental website, um, oregon.gov backslash OLCC, something like that. And that has a lot of different things on it. Um, And then there's another website, which is called oregonliquorsearch.com. And that's my, that's as a bartender, I utilize that a lot because it's state run they have a database of all of the bottles available in the state. Um, so as a consumer, the nice side of that is like, if you're looking for a specific bottle, you can type it in and it will come up and it'll tell you where it's located, which liquor store has it, how many bottles they have, how much the bottle is, and then even give you contact information and addresses so you can even call and confirm if they have these bottles in stock. The only downside with that website is, is it's only updated once a day, so it's not in real time. So say they had one bottle at 9 a.m. when service opened. If you go and they don't have that bottle, they could have had sold it within that day. So that's, you know, it's always call and make sure they have the bottle. But I'm actually on it right now. Just I'm, <laughs> I'm it's looking, fascinating, yeah. Yeah, I'm like looking, I'm like, okay, where where's Weller's uh, one bottle in stock, meaning it'll probably be gone by the time I go there. Um, (laughs) that's cool. I never knew about this. Yeah. It's very surprising. Not a lot of people do. Like I tell people almost every night at the bar about it because we use it all the time. Could I talk through the timeline of scandals, the OLCC scandals with you? Cause I want your opinion on, on like any reforms you would suggest. Sure. Yeah. We've talked a lot about like the benefits, you know, like where things are going right. But uh, I also, it's like, I feel like I'm gossiping and nobody wants to gossip with me about this. <laughs> Everyone's just like, cool, whatever. And I'm like, no, it's huge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm down to gossip. Uh, it is definitely uh, fascinating. You know, they knew about this last September. Yeah, well, so according to the Oregonian, it was April 29th, 2022. When, oh. this is the best part, a departing employee. So, you know, that person was just like, let's burn that bridge, yep. two middle fingers up in the air, moonwalking backwards. <laughs> so, departing employee from a state liquor warehouse reported to HR that top managers were diverting bottles of liquor for themselves. Okay. And it wasn't until like somebody leaked it to the press <laughs> that things actually started moving. At some point last year, Governor Kate Brown was informed of the allegations. This is what would like not scares me, but I'm just like, this is to me the interesting part. It appears her office wasn't apprised of the outcome, meaning that departments within the state can keep secrets from the governor. And I know that sounds naive, but I'm like, what? Like I you just imagine that the governor must know 
about what's going on everywhere. But the fact that a department can withhold internal investigations or information regarding it feels a little wonky. Definitely. That seems like a bigger problem to me than someone just being like, oh, I'm going to walk away with a Pappy Van Winkle, you know? Right. So February 1st of this year, Governor Kotak, like her deputy chief of staff, was like, hey, this happened and here are the findings. And immediately Kotek was like, get rid of the executive director, like asked for him to remove himself. Right. And of course, it took a long time because I think he was hoping somebody would save him. Somebody else right. would save him. If if the governor was like, Mike, you got to quit your job. Would you just wait a week and just be like, ah, let's see how this susses out. We'll just <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll just see. <laughs> we'll see if she has the power. I don't know. Uh, well, let's hope that never comes to that situation. But um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I saw the interview. Uh, yeah, his interview with people trying to save himself a little bit and say that he he found out. I think he was the one that found out in September. I think that's what I was referencing. Um, that it was being taken care of internally. And he was like, all right, well, it's taken care of. And like, it's not my issue. But that, I mean, that is the issue. Like, you are overseeing everything that is part of your job. And I think that's what most people are upset about. Um, so the fact that Tina asked him to resign makes a lot of sense. And um, he did finally do that, which is great. The fact that it took him a little while is not great. Okay, do you want to hear my other favorite part yeah. of this whole scandal? <laughs> is that when the chair, so Paul Rosenbaum, uh, the chair of the state agency's board of commissioners, mm -hmm. he had a news, like a press conference, and he went off on the press, kind of blaming in so much like, we could have taken care of this. This has been blown out of proportion. Like, this is your fault. Talking to the press, like them keeping the government accountable was their fault. Or like, you know, just like, come on, man, just let us live, you know? That attitude was, you know, again, published by the press. Like, can you believe this guy, you know? And my favorite part is that the next day he was then asked to resign. Right. <laughs> I don't know why, but that's hilarious to me. Our audio producer was just like, I'm just hoping Tina Kotek was in her office with a sifter with bourbon and just asking them <laughs> one by one to come in. <laughs> and her be like, you're, you're gone, you're gone, you're gone. Uh, and you know, th I think those are the only two resignations. Everybody else was essentially just like reprimanded. Right. Uh, I was thinking there are five other guys, right, that were participating that had been uh, claimed to participate. That, that were caught. Yeah, they were caught doing Yeah, it. that were caught. Yeah. Um, yeah. And one of them, the chief information officer, uh, Boba Subasic or Subasic, is suing now for defamation of like character. And um, <laughs> he basically was like, my reputation is shot. And also like, I'm really distressed because of having to go through all this. But his his reasoning, and not to brush him aside, he basically was like, this was standard practice. Everyone does this. Senators, everyone's yeah. doing this. People come to us. They get special bottles. Why are we getting in trouble? And that is a good question. That's a great question. Like, if, if it's true, what he's saying, like, it's a statewide thing. People are just, like, taking all my freaking wellers. And why is, <laughs> you know, why, is, why are these, like, fall guys happening? And I think that's now the question within, well, certain circles of saying, well, this seems political. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think of that? The fact that he's suing a state is both, I can understand, but is also a little comical in my mind because the, like you chose to do these things. So it's anyway, that's beside the point. But, uh, I, that's a very, that's a very good question. Like he arose the fact that like it is, he's just following suit with everyone else. Like if you're, if you put yourself in their shoes, like you, you work for this company that has the ability to do these things. Um, and you have somebody higher up more in charge than you who comes to you and says, do this. Are you, it's the same thing as you asking me if Tina Kotex asked me to get quit my job, Like you're going to do it, you know? 
And so is that, I think that's a bigger issue. I think, yeah, you're looking at a larger, um, larger issue within the infrastructure of not just the OLCC, but as the entire uh, governmental agency looking at like preferential treatment and being able to get early access to things that the general public is not able to do. Yeah. But like what reforms would you suggest? And I, I understand that you're simply a bartender making sure that your bar is like the best. Yeah. Let me repeat <laughs> that again. Not... I'm just a bartender. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not a policymaker, nope. but from your like small business perspective, what reforms would you suggest with how things are working now for you? I mean, the, the reforms I'd like to see with the OSCC are, are closer related to things that affect my world, things that affect bartending and business ownership and stuff like that. Um, which would be more of like your ability to open restaurants and bars. Um, there's a lot of kind of hoops you have to jump through to be able to open a, a bar, open a restaurant. Um, and a lot of those things, when they were designed, when they were put into place, had a function, had a purpose, and maybe are not as useful anymore as they once were. I took a permit test, a three-hour test to be able to serve alcohol in the state. They have pretty high expectations. So if like somebody gets too drunk at your bar and leaves and gets in a hit and run accident or something like that, you as a bartender individually are held responsible as well as the bar. Mm -hmm. That being said, in that test that I went through, uh, harped very hardly on the fact that like the only thing that affects your BAC, your blood alcohol content is time. No matter how much food you've eaten, no matter any of that stuff, it doesn't really matter. So having requirements to serve specific amounts of food and types of food and all these like that you can look it up there's like very accurate descriptions of what you need to have it has to be hot right yeah, you have to have five main courses and like three yeah. of them have to be hot all of them have to have sides available like all of these things there's a lot of that goes into it yeah and so you basically you're saying in order to open a bar you also have to open up a restaurant right. i feel like the origins of this law were created to limit the amount of bars that can be open in one space Oregon doesn't have a limit on liquor license like some states do. So some states, there's a set number of liquor licenses per county and you can't get a new one. So when a license, when a business goes out of business, you have to bid on that license and hundreds of thousands of dollars. Oh, this is other states? Other states, yeah. All that law is doing is inhibiting small businesses from starting, especially people who might not have the means to start a restaurant. So my concern with that law is that it's, it's limiting the types of people like right. certain people that don't have enough money to start a restaurant, which is hundreds of thousands of dollars, but have enough money, enough capital to start a bar, which you're looking at twenty to thirty thousand dollars, a very big difference there. Um, can't do it w- because the OLCC's laws in place. Yeah, you know, I hear what you're saying, but I feel like that's also a feature. The bug is a feature of Oregon uh, bar culture is that we do have so many amazing dive bars with a great menu. And oh, you're like, how? Definitely. How is this possible? So, but I hear, I mean, I fully agree with what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Last sleepover question. Uh, kiss, Mary kill. Joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Kiss, Mary kill. A Pappy Van Winkle, 15 year, an Elmer T. Lee or a Wellers Reserve. Ooh. Weller, so Weller Special Reserve, or with yeah, Weller Special, and I just want you to know that I am picking out all the bottles that were called out that were taken by state employees. So I just want to, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know 
your tastes here? Like, which one? You're a state employee at the OLCC. Which one, which one are you going to take home? This is going to be an unpopular opinion. Uh, oh, I can't wait. I love, I love unpopular <laughs> It opinions. will be uh, Kiss, a little bit of Weller, uh, marry okay. that Elmer T. Lee, and then just kill off Pappy Van Winkle. I'm so tired of hearing about Pappy Van Winkle. God. I think that's mine as well. I mean, um, if you've had Elmer, that is, I want to keep that around forever. <sighs> we can uh, we can talk all, you, all day about whiskey if you'd like to. Do you think that Oregon should ditch the OLCC? Let us know. Shoot us an email at portland at citycast.fm or leave us a voicemail at 503-208-5448. You can also always hit us up on any of our social media accounts. Uh, we're at citycastpdx. And now for your microdose of news. A new report shows that a recent law helping protect Oregonians from getting buried in medical debt isn't living up to its promise. The 2019 law required hospitals to offer financial assistance to its poorest patients. But Portland nonprofit Dollar for Dollar found that a majority of the state's hospitals actually offered less financial assistance after the law went into effect, which is the opposite of what was supposed to happen. And our city's collegiate baseball team, the Portland Pickles, is offering free tickets to recent Californian transplants. Now, I love the Portland Pickles. They have one of the best social media accounts, and let's be honest, uh, a slightly oversized following for what is essentially watching college kids play baseball. And I also love the spirit of this gesture of welcoming recent transplants. Like, here's a copy for the free tickets, just straight from their site. We get it. California is too hot, too expensive, and their sports teams are mid. I don't know about that, but we would move too. And as a thank you for making the move up north, we'd love to provide you with free tickets to our California people in Oregon night. I don't know if this is a ruse, like round them all up in one place. I would be suspicious if I were a recent transplant. So I don't know. What do you guys think? For even more local news and events, sign up for our daily newsletter, Hey Portland. We'll throw a link in the show notes. That's all for today here on CityCast Portland. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell a friend? Uh, Rate it, leave us a review. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more from around the city. Until then, see you at Slim's.